I'm Jennifer Brooks, and this is Maine Calling. If given a choice, most kids would choose to do something hands-on and active over reading a textbook or filling out a worksheet. That is why educators find that arts-related learning is effective at engaging students in the classroom. We're going to learn more about that today. My guests are Beth Wilbur Van Mierlo, Executive Director of Side by Side, a Portland-based nonprofit focused on integrating the arts in the classroom, and Kathy Bertini, Team Coordinator of Interdisciplinary Instruction at the Maine Department of Education. We invite you to join the conversation. Do you feel as though arts are important in a student's education? How have arts benefited you, your kids or grandkids? Or where do you think that sometimes an art project might not be what it's designed to be? Send us an email, talk at mainpublic.org. Post a comment on Facebook or Instagram or give us a call at 1-800-399-3566. And just a reminder that our main calling phone number is different than the one for Maine Public's fall membership drive. The main calling number is 1-800-399-3566. And uh, thank you both for being here. Kathy, I'll start with you. Most K through 12 students in Maine get some exposure to their arts in um, in their education. What today in 2024 is the norm? How much arts are kids getting um, in Maine public schools? Well, I think it's important to recognize that due to local control and curriculum and schedules that art is technically offered in public education. And I think it depends on the programming that the school has. What we encourage is art integration into different disciplines as a more of a holistic approach to art instruction. And for our students to see the interconnectedness of art instruction in other disciplines. So what do you mean by that, Kathy? When you, so it means that kids may not go to art class in a separate room, but that when they're learning, um, when they're reading a book or when they're learning math, they may be incorporating art into that? Yeah, I think that the delivery of art instruction is based on the scheduling and the creativity of that school. I think what we encourage in the interdisciplinary instruction team approach of the department is really the integration and the connectiveness of the arts within other disciplines. For example, in a science class, you might have an opportunity to have an art experience. And what we're seeing is that with that connection, it allows for a deeper authentic experience of learning for that student. So there's a lot of creative endeavors taking place in regards to art scheduling in our public schools and how they're being offered and that's the exciting um, partnership that we have right now with the side-by-side -side organization in their professional development series about art integration in other disciplines and that authentic learning experience. Well, Beth, that's uh, your cue. Tell us about side-by-side. -side. You started this nonprofit. What does it do? And um, um, where is it in Maine? 
Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to be here and talk about um, arts integration and the arts. Um, I did, I was co-founder of Side by Side roughly 10 years ago. Um, Side by Side brings teaching artists into classrooms to work directly with classroom teachers to integrate arts into, like you said, a science or English or um, history curriculum. And um, the reason why we do that is because it provides an opportunity for all students to connect to their learning, but also to connect to themselves. Um, the arts have a way of bringing out one's humanity and um, an, it gives an opportunity to deeply learn about who you are as a person, as well as who other people are in your classroom. Um, so roughly 10 years ago, a professor named Dr. Kelly Hrenko and I um, co-founded Side by Side, and we bring teaching artists into the classroom as well as USM interns so that interns have an experience of learning the model before they become classroom teachers. I want to hear some examples from both of you. So Beth, give us an example of, um, you know, what might be an integrated art project um, integrated with other um, with subjects. Um, help us, help us who maybe had a more traditional education get our heads around this. Yeah, sure. Um, one of the first projects we did was uh, sea creatures. So a lot of the, I think it was about 10 years ago, a lot of the third grade students would look at Casco Bay. They would look at um, what, you know, creatures were living in Casco Bay, what were the habitats, and a typical lesson would be to do some research and then do a report, so do some writing. And so um, what we did as side by side is we went in and supported that research, so students were still doing that piece. They picked a sea creature of their choice, they did all of the background learning about that, and then we brought in different artists. We brought in an illustrator to teach them scientific drawing and the method of scientific drawing and observation. They made these beautiful um, hand-drawn scientific cards that had um, all of the research on one side that they had done and then their drawing on the second side. Then we brought them to a sculptor's studio and they sculpted those creatures three-dimensionally and they made um, these sort of puppets on sticks that then they could use at the celebration of learning to talk about all of the the um, the acquisition of knowledge that they had gained. And back then we had put that into a large aquarium. And so um, when the students were talking about all of the things that they had learned, they could also point to these sculptures they had made and um, really explain deeply where they sit in the sea, what they do, what the habitat is. So that's that's one example of an arts integration program. All right, Kathy, can you give us another one? Sure. Um, I'm really excited about the upcoming March event that Side by Side is offering in the connection of literacy and single page booklets. And what's exciting about this offering is the ability to have a naturalist take students through, similar to what Beth said, the scientific observation process and really have them express their observations of the natural world in this medium as a single page booklet. 
and the richness of literacy and descriptions and being able to write to their drawings and having a sense of place with the geography, that integration of all of the different disciplines really aligns with the department's approach to whole student learning and how we see students as not only is their academic growth important, but also the ability to look at their social, social and emotional and physical well-being. And arts integration is an example that embodies all of that rich instructional experience for our learners. Um, we've both talked, we've just been taking talking about visual art. What about music and, and dance? Um, Beth, how can, um, how can music and dance be incorporated into other subjects? Sure. So um, very easily, like you could dance out different processes in science. You could um, use drums to beat out different mathematical patterns. Um, we do some programs through physical theater where students are um, reteaching the history that they're learning. They may reteach through um, physical movement, the weather. Um, you can incorporate any any arts into any type of curriculum. Kathy, is it challenging for teachers to do this? One of the things I'm thinking about is how much is asked of teachers today and how crowded the school day is and how much is expected um, of any school year, how much progress students are supposed to make in certain topics, certain subjects. Is it difficult to figure out, to stop and figure out how to sort of rethink uh, bringing student instruction and incorporating the arts? Well, as a former teacher myself, I think it's how we utilize our time. And I think if we can make connections that happen within a discipline to the arts, then what the science tells us about the learning and the brain is that really makes a deeper connection for our students. So when we talk about engagement and we talk about student agencies, by making these connections and redistributing some of our classroom time, then the learning becomes authentic. And I think that it's really exciting for our educators to participate in this type of instruction. Calling in now is Jill Osgood, who is an artist and educator. Thanks so much for calling in, Jill. Hi. Hi. It's so it's great so to be here. Tell us what kind of art you're involved with and how you bring it into the classroom. Sure. Um, sure. I'm uh, uh, been with side by side by side, side by since the beginning. beginning. And, um, and I am also I am a main master naturalist. So a so lot of my art, art and the art that I teach is nature based. I worked on a wonderful owl project with Lysath fourth graders for three years, and the teacher was just amazing. So they were working on a science unit, um, studying everything about Maine owls, their body parts, adaptations, life cycle, diet, habitat. And then I came in after they'd done all this incredible research, and we made beautiful large books that folded out into an incredible diorama. And it, it was just a cool vehicle for displaying all the written knowledge that they had learned um, also, the scientifically accurate illustrations of the owls they were studying. And then at the end of the project, um, they were able to share in a celebration of learning, which is something that we feel at Side by Side is very important, um, 
share their work, uh, be very proud of it, and talk about it with their peers, their parents that were invited into the school, other teachers, other classrooms. Um, and this was, you know, the final layer of enforcing everything they'd learned about about what they had been studying. So the OWL project is something um, I'm very proud of, and and the teacher just was such a huge part of that. A shout out to Kara St. Germain, Germain over at Lyseth, who really put her heart and soul into that project as well. I'm curious, Jill, do you have any kids who don't want to take part? And if so, how do you, who maybe feel self-conscious? Um, and, and how do you work with them if that's the case? Oh, sure. You know, there always are a few kids, and it kind of breaks my heart, that are just afraid of doing something wrong or not having it be perfect. But um, we do many different things in the projects. They make these incredible loose paintings that kind of represent the habitat and we're studying texture color of where these owls might live Um, and then also getting more specific with these observational drawings that they do so I find that somewhere along the the way most times we're able to engage those kids and you'd be surprised children that don't necessarily shine in the traditional method will really um, come up with the most beautiful book that you've ever seen that's not only beautiful but is informational and and really cool so yeah I obviously love what I do Jill I really appreciate you calling in Jill Osgood is an artist and an educator thank you so much for calling in we want to hear from you in the audience our phone number is different than for the pledge drive our phone number 1-800-399-3566. If you hurry or if you're quick, you can write to talk at mainpublic.org. We are talking about arts in education. When we come back, we're going to talk about what some of the studies tell us about how it benefits kids. We'll be right back. This is Maine Calling. Listener support brings us Maine Calling with help from Road Scholar, dedicated to creating educational travel adventures for adults around the world roadscholar.org slash travel now and by the cedars a nonprofit senior living community in portland since 1929 offering independent living at the atrium the cedars portland.org and we're listening to maine calling on listener supported maine public radio maine calling a show deeply focused on the maine community and the reason we can be so community focused is because We are community funded. That's where you come in. 1-800-866-1475. As Jennifer mentioned, that is a different number from the main calling call-in number. This is the important number where uh, you can give our volunteers here in the Portland studio a call and pledge your support to Maine Public Radio during this winter warm-up drive. Good morning. I'm Susan Tran. I'm the Director of Content here at Maine Public, and I'm joined by my colleague, Esther Pratt. Kylie, it's so great to be here with you. Yes, Susan, good morning. It's great to be here. Um, I'm a digital reporter with, with Maine Public, and you know we're listening to Maine Calling right now, and actually a few years ago, I, I produced a video kind of on this, on this topic of arts and education. Um, it was about an elementary school music class coming back together after the pandemic, and you know while it wasn't 
actual music class dedicated to the arts, um, it was really amazing to see just how alive and engaged the kids were. And it's little glimpses into, you know, main education or just main life like this that I and, you know, my fellow reporters here at Maine Public get to bring to you every day. And we really couldn't do it without you and your support. Uh, So give us a call at 1-800-866-1475 or head to mainepublic.org and donate today. This winter warm-up drive, it's one of just, you know, four times a year we come to you, our listeners, uh, to, uh, to ask you to become a part of the team that makes public radio happen here in Maine. More than 75% of funding for Maine public comes from you, our listening community. And uh, we have volunteers in person here in our Portland studio. Um, they are ready to talk to you at one 800 866 1475. You can you can certainly make your donation online, but I think they'd really love to talk to you. They're here and they are are ready to pick up the phone. So won't you call now? 800 866 1475. Yeah, it's really exciting to be here in the office. Um, we were doing these drives on, on <laughs> Zoom for a little bit, so it's really exciting to have that energy. So so again, please give us a call at 1-800-866-1475. We'd really love to hear from you, hear your voices. It um, really keeps us doing this work every day. Um, and you know, the stories that you hear on Maine Public Radio really fill you fill you with warmth. You know, it's something about that warmth of knowledge. Um, sometimes the stories you hear warm your heart with joy and, and compassion passion. Um, And that's what you can count on this service to provide. Every day we are bringing you that information, those stories. Um, They are inspirational, they're entertaining, and you know most importantly they are trusted. We are bringing you trusted journalism, quality journalism. Uh, That's our mission here at Maine Public and it's with your support that we are truly able to do this and able to kind of fulfill that that goal every single day. Uh, So make that next story possible with your donation now, please give us a call 1-800-866-1475. Again, we have folks here waiting to take your call, or you can always go online as well at mainpublic.org donate. Again, 1-800-866-1475. And thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome back. This is Maine Calling. I'm Jennifer Rooks. We're talking about the arts and learning and what that looks like in Maine classrooms today. With me, Kathy Bertini, who works with interdisciplinary instruction at the Maine Department of Education, and Beth Wilbur Van Mierlo, the co-founder of an organization called Side by Side, which integrates arts in education in Maine schools. Share your comments and questions Send a brief email to talk at mainpublic.org, comment on Facebook or Instagram, or give us a call at 1-800-399-3566. Again, the main calling number, 1-800-399-3566. We'll go to Christine, who's calling from Yarmouth. Hi, Christine, go ahead. Hi. Um, I taught social studies for over 20 years, and I utilized art extensively, probably in just about every unit. And how I did it was I would show students artwork from a period of history, and we would talk about, well, what, it, what did it represent? Um, but more importantly, um, what were the structures of society that allowed that kind of art to be produced? And then what voices or what artists were not present in the artwork of those times? And it led to all kinds of really interesting discussions. And oftentimes, 
if they wanted to do, uh, say, an extra credit project, I would have them tie artwork to uh, some writing and try to figure out exactly what is this thing about that period that I thought I knew and now what I'm learning. Um, so it was, it was a great way to show kids art um, that was real and that it, it was part of society every single day. Christine, do you have a, a particular painting or a particular lesson that stands out to you and you remember it particularly being effective or touching um, maybe a student that was hard to reach? Probably um, there was one that when I taught Manifest Destiny, uh, it, it was just titled American Progress, and it shows you know, an angel going west. And, of course, the angel has all of the telegraph wire and the fruits of prosperity and civilization. But in front of the angel, we see indigenous people being driven away and um, it's darkness and there's wild animals. So it was a clear message about the values of westward expansion at that time that discounted the indigenous experience. Thank you so much for that example. Beth, I see you smiling and nodding. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. I just love that. Um, I love hearing that teachers are doing this and have been doing this for a very long time in their classrooms. And it is so important to weave the arts into our education because it provides opportunity for deep dialogue, deep connection, important conversations and critical thinking and problem solving Um now in our in our culture, but also in our future. So that was wonderful to hear. Thank you. Great, Christine. Thank you for your call. We'll move on to Elliot and Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, I was just uh, on a Zoom call with a couple of authors from the book, Your Brain on Art, How the Arts Transform Us. And this book has gone viral on the New York Times bestseller list. And it really expresses um, the science behind what they call neuroaesthetics, a term I had not heard before. But it's how the aesthetic experience and that sense of awe or curiosity, amazement, um, just the individual expressive mode is uh, very helpful in developing everything from confidence to stress release. So there, this is um, authored by two very different people. One is a designer and um, award-winning designer for uh, products at Google, and we're talking about hardware products. And the other is the founder and director of International Arts and Mind Lab at the Center for Applied Neuroaesthetics uh, Aesthetics at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, where she's a faculty member. So this, again, is looking at the science and the integrated aspect of the experiential component of arts and how it's essential to our creativity, but also physiologically the effects it has not only on kids but on adults and on anyone who's either engaged in creating or even just observing artistic expression. Jeff, thank you so much for calling. This is an area of the conversation I wanted to explore. And Kathy, one thing that um, we're talking about when we're talking about neuroaesthetics is, and I'm thinking about so many conversations we've had on Main Calling, when it talks about the stressors that so many young people experience, especially teenagers today, the anxiety, the real um, epidemic of anxiety among young people. 
And I'm guessing, and I want you to tell me this, Kathy, that not only does art help kids with, um, you know, being able to learn differently and use different pathways in their brain to learn, but also with their emotional life. Absolutely. Uh, I'm so glad that we're talking about this today because some of our work as a department is heavily grounded in the neuroscience of what does the brain-based science tell us about how students learn. And what we do know is with the development of the prefrontal cortex in uh, students, that the more connections they can make with those neurons, the brain cells, uh, the saying is neurons that wire together, fire together, the more likely it becomes part of the fabric of the learner. And so when a student is engaged in the arts and they're connecting themselves to the learning, then it helps to address not only the academic needs, but also the social and emotional needs of that student. And they really, it becomes internalized learning. And it's a wonderful opportunity for them to be part and to really have a deeper sense of what's being uh, felt at the moment of the learned experience. And the, and the science proves it um, to be um, relevant in prefrontal uh, cortex growth. Jeff, thanks so much for your call. On the line with us now is Beverly Stevens, who is the principal at Ocean Avenue Elementary School in Portland. Thanks so much for calling in, Beverly. Sure, I'm happy to. Um, I love your show. This is great that I get to call in. Thank you. <laughs> well, I understand students at Ocean Avenue Elementary School have increasing opportunities to get involved with the arts. What are some examples of what you're doing there? Yeah, so Side by Side has brought us quite a bit of art um, pieces. We've been doing working with them for, I think, over 10 years now. And it's really supported our work in, in educating students in that when we were starting to, to open the school, we were really thinking about the arts and how to help students engage with their learning. Um, and because it's so... Um, it impacts students in a different way, that they, they get to be so creative, they get to be really thinking about what they want to put out in the world, um, and they're, they're, it, the learning takes hold in a different way, and so they, th these are things they're remembering for their entire lives. So like the third grade has done an extreme weather unit, and they created a, f a physical theater piece. They're working on that now, actually, um, to, so that they will, they will be able to put a show on for the school afterwards. So we have um, an, an artist that comes in doing physical theater and, and modern dance kind of a piece. Um, and th it's not language-based, so lots of kids can be involved in it. We have about uh, a third of our kids speak another language at home, so they can just really shine in a way that's a little different. Mm. Have you been able to um, quantify the benefit that the arts bring since you've been doing this for 10 years? Um, the, the kids talk, they still talk about it. They'll talk about it when their kids are in high school or in college now. They still talk about it. So the, there's learning has really stuck. Um, but we also see kids joyful in, in their learning, too. And so we know that's so super important. We haven't been able to quantify it on a test, but we, uh, we can see it really does work. And it's accessible to all of our learners. You mentioned that this current project, the um, you know the physical theater about extreme weather events, is is really helpful as you're trying to reach students for whom English is a second language. And I'm wondering if there are other um, groups of children that you find are especially uh, especially helped, uh, who especially benefit from this arts education. I think they all do really. We focus um, on kids having their own agency in their learning so that they kind of own their own learning. And this is a great way to do it. Um, it's like first grade has made some books 
um, at the beginning of the year, and it's continuing for the rest of the year. So as they build learning um, in different units, they've added, they're adding it to um, their book, which starts out with a puppet. It's a self-portrait. And so at in talking about like, what's one, one good thing, what's one thing for you? What's your thing? And so it might be soccer or something else for kids and they'll put that on their puppet. Um, and so it's, again, it's a self-portrait for them. And then uh, this year we added an author's page to that. And so they were really able to talk about themselves and why this is important to them. Um, and it builds for the entire year. So they're adding in concepts across the, uh, the year. Beverly, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in Beverly Stevens, the principal of Ocean Avenue Elementary School in Portland. Beth, I will ask you then the question about uh, data characterizing the improvement in the arts. I know that you've gotten federal grants and I know that you have to have data to get so. So what does the data tell us about how the arts helps kids? Well, let me tell you a little bit about that. Um, what we have found over the years is that we've seen an increase, a 91% increase of understanding of the content from the students who are doing arts integration programs. So the core content, there's a 91% increase of understanding of what that content is. And as we've just talked about, it has to do with that neuroscience of moving the information from one part of your brain to the other, where you're really actually grasping um, that knowledge. We've also seen um, a 100% increase in the ability to take creative risks. That's another thing that, that the arts bring. Um, it, it provides joy, but also this opportunity to um, maybe do something that you wouldn't normally do, take a risk and, um, and feel strong and secure about that. Um, we've seen a 91% increase in improved ability to work with other students. So part of our programs are working on collaboration. Um, the teacher and teaching artists collaborate. They often collaborate with others uh, in, the, in the schools and the students are collaborating, which is incredibly important. Um, we've had a 91% increase of willingness to participate. We were talking about that um, earlier. And, and as time goes on, you know, more students feel secure. Maybe those, those kids that are feeling a little bit insecure in the beginning see others that are taking the risk to participate, and they start to feel confident as well. Um, and then this is a big one, especially right now, and as Kathy talked about this and touched upon this subject, that feeling and sense of belonging, one social emotional um, well-being. We've seen a 91% improved sense of classroom community and that sense of belonging because the arts really bring people together. And so students feel like they have a place um, and maybe where they didn't feel they had a place in the classroom because they couldn't prove that they were learning or they couldn't prove that um, you know, they're, they're smart because maybe they're not able to perform as well on tests. And by doing arts integration, you open up that platform and you give students a different ability to show the knowledge that they've acquired. Um, Kathy, is it about the product? Is it about the kids having something tangible to take home to mom and dad and put on the fridge and, or put in a frame? Or is it about the process? 
I would think it's more about the process. And what we're seeing this type of instruction promotes is that ability to really be cognitive flexible. So if when you're faced with setbacks, when you're faced with having to redesign your project in a different fashion, students are then able to self-regulate. They're able to draw upon their, as Beth said, their confidence. They're able to see themselves in the end product. So while I'm leaning into process, I also would, I guess, stress that it is about the product because oftentimes you see that individuality in the product which is so important for students to feel a place and a sense of belonging in their schools and in their classroom. We're talking about arts and education and specifically integrating arts into education, maybe into subjects that you might not think of as an art class. We'd love you to call and join the conversation. The phone number 1-800-399-3566. Again, the number for main calling 1-800-399-3566. You can send a brief email to talk at mainpublic.org or post to our Facebook page or to our Instagram page. I'm Jennifer Rooks. This is Maine Calling. We'll be back in just a few minutes. But first, this message from our, our winter warm-up pledge drive. Listener support brings us Maine Calling with help from Portland Stage, featuring the Olivier Award-winning comedy The Play That Goes Wrong through February 25th. Tickets at portlandstage.org and by Hannaford Supermarkets, celebrating the diversity of its employees, customers, and communities, and committed to fostering a welcoming environment. Good morning. You are listening to Maine Calling right now, a great conversation about integrating arts and education. You probably know how this show is truly unique to Maine, taking the entire hour to really dive into a topic and bring relevant information to Mainers. And it's also a chance to get a little deeper and hear from you. It really reflects the community and the community resources that is Maine public. Uh, that time, dedication, and attention to this kind of programming is really made possible by you, our listeners. We rely on you to make programming like this and everything else you hear on Maine Public Radio. If you enjoy Maine Calling or another show you hear daily, please donate today and call 1-800-866-1475. And a reminder that this is the number to call to donate, <laughs> different than the number to reach Maine Calling. Yes. <laughs> Again, that's 1-800-866-1475 to make your contribu contribution today. Um, I'm Esther Pratt-Kiley, a digital news reporter here at Maine Public, and I'm here with Susan Tran. Thanks, Esther. Hi, everyone. It is the winter warm-up drive. And yes, Maine Calling is such an excellent example of how Maine Public is able to reflect our Maine community in our programming. More than 75% of our budget comes from you, our listening community, and that means that every conversation, every topic we cover, uh, every call we take uh, is is uh, made possible by you. So won't you give us a call uh, to be a part of the team that makes this all happen now? You can call 1-800-866-1475 and speak to one of our in-studio volunteers. Uh, they're here. They're ready to take your call to help you either take that next step to become a member or to help you look at your membership and perhaps if you're an evergreen friend, consider increasing by a little bit uh, every month. 1-800-866-1475. Uh, you, you can also do all of this online at mainpublic.org. And today only, if you call, 
a two-for-one special for 2-1. Wow, can you believe it's February, February 1st? <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, you, you can get a bag of Maine Public's Trusted Blend Coffee from Coffee by Design, called Trusted Blend because we are a trusted source of news and information. Um, and you would also get a new insulated tumbler um, with, with that call, with that donation. Two thank you gifts for one donation of $25 a month or more. So call 1-800-866-1475 or head online to mainpublic.org to get that gift. Um, but also, you know, you don't just call because of a, a because of a gift. You know, you you know what this service does for for those uh, for those listeners for you. We bring calm to a turbulent world. We engage you in meaningful dialogue. You know, we we approach heated topics with civility and considera consideration for for all sides of the issue. You know, Maine Public Radio's approach to news is one of the reasons you listen. It's it's why you're listening right now, um, and it's also a great reason to make an investment in this service today. Uh, support Maine Public's effort to bring independent journalism to Maine with with your donation. Call 1-800-866-1475 or donate today online at mainepublic.org/donate. And you can also text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to that number, 1-800-866-1475. That will also help you take that next step to contribute to your public radio station here in Maine. Won't you become a member now? 1-800-866-1475, and we thank you. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Rooks. You're listening to Maine Calling. Today's topic, integrating the arts into education and how it can help kids learn. With me today, Beth Wilbur Van Mierlo with the nonprofit Side by Side and Kathy Bertini with Maine's Department of Education. If you're quick, you can join the conversation. Our phone number 1-800-399-3566. Send a brief email to talk at mainepublic.org or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Again, the number for Maine Calling, 1-800-399-3566. Calling in now, though, is Kelly Bushi, who is K-6 through visual arts educator at Connors Elementary School in Lewiston and the 2022 Androscoggin County Teacher of the Year. Thanks so much for calling in, Kelsey. Hi, good to be here. As an art teacher, you're already focused on engaging students um, through the art, uh, through art. Um, what is it that you're going for? What are you, what is the spark that you're hoping for when you design um, a project? Um, a lot of what I try to do in the K-6 um, level is really focus on some techniques that maybe the students haven't been exposed to, but then using those techniques in a way where um, the students can kind of focus on their own identity, um, maybe different cultures or their own culture and highlighting that, um, trying to highlight artists that look like them or identify like them. Um, really just thinking about the student as a whole and how I can engage the students in a deeper and more meaningful way. What are some examples of art projects that you've um, seen re students really respond to that have maybe even surprised you? Um, one that I actually did this year that was new was I like to start the year off with um, a project where all students use their name in their project. So it helps me learn. I mean, I teach 700 students, so I, I get to learn all their names. Um, it helps me learn their name, but not only that, also pronounce their name correctly in the way that they want it to be pronounced. Um, and I did one with a sixth grade group this year where they made 
out of popsicle sticks, they made almost like a little fence and they practiced doing graffiti. Um, Lewiston got a grant to kind of beautify the city and there's been a lot of murals and street art going up around the city. So we made that connection um, just to our community and then also um, just practicing their name, saying it, um, learning it, letting their friends say it and learn it. And then they kind of combined that street art piece with their name and made these really beautiful pieces and they were so, so engaged in that. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to ask you um, a piece of advice. If if there's a parent or a grandparent or a caregiver listening, um, what would be an idea of a project that somebody might do outside of the classroom, but would have the same kind of benefits as classroom, uh, some of the work that you do? Um, I think that just getting out and, ex- and experiencing art and then trying to find art in nature or creating art in nature is really, really intriguing and fun. Um, you know, going in the woods and looking for different colors and trying to use that um, in a piece of artwork that maybe is an installation in the woods that somebody else can enjoy. Wow. Well, thanks for the idea. And thank you for the work that you do, Kelsey Bushi, visual arts educator at Connors Elementary School in Lewiston. Uh, We're going to go up to Rockland and Kim. Hi, Kim. Go ahead. You're on Main Calling. Hi, my name is Kim Bernard, and I'm an artist. I'm also a teaching artist, and I travel all over New England offering a workshop that I call Trash to Art, where students use recycled materials, and together we, create, we determine an environmental theme, and they create uh, an installation that stays at their school. It's a collaborative project. So this, I'm working with teachers to determine what would be an environmental theme that the students um, would find appropriate to their learning, and then I, we recycle plastic and other recycled materials and turn it into an installation. So the students are collecting plastic, learning about plastic, where it comes from, where it goes to, uh, the waste stream, um, how it affects habitat. And I do this with all levels, K through 12. And I also teach at the college level. I just finished yesterday a program at Colby College where the students for one month had an intensive course and created two public sculptural installations with 100% recycled materials, one on coral bleaching and the other on deforestation. Um, the, so the, I, the arts and integration really is a deep way of learning about, um, for my students, an environmental theme, but learning with their hands and doing and talking about and researching and looking up imagery to draw from. So it's a slower process, but it's a much deeper process. And I often find that it engages students that might not other wise be engaged in a way that they will have an impact for years and years to come. Well, Kim, thank you so much for calling in. Um, Kim, what's your last name? Bernard. Kim Bernard. Thank you again for calling in. And and Beth Wilbur, when Kim talked about what it means to work with your hands, um, that is really important for some people because we all learn differently, correct? That is absolutely correct. And there's science behind that as well, that that act of working with your hand solidifies the information in your brain. Um, so it's it's something that we're, we're um, 
excited that it's becoming household knowledge now because our dream is to incorporate the arts into education across the entire state of Maine, pre-K through, as Kim said, through college. Um, and we're slowly doing that. Kim, thanks for your call. I'm going to go to a post from Facebook. This is Deborah. Deborah writes, I'm a recently retired high school visual arts teacher. Arts integration is a fabulous way to enhance learning. Historically, the arts have integrated all content areas. Please ask your guests to comment on the importance of arts education for arts sake as well. Arts programs often get cut. Kathy. Well, as we've talked about in the last hour, I just think for the arts in itself, in its entirety, it just brings so much opportunity to our young folks for expression. And I think that we've talked a lot about the integration, but the arts itself is a valuable content that needs to continue in part of our public education. I would second that, if I may. Um, the arts in schools are incredibly, incredibly important. Um, both art for art's sake, those art teachers are invaluable to the future of our students. And absolutely, um, those programs need to continue. Beth, I want to ask you, I know that a big part of the work that your organization does is, is not just go directly into the schools, but to help teachers learn how to do this themselves. Um, how, how do you do that? Oh, thank you for asking. Right now, we have a wonderful professional development program that's year-long called Project Maine, which stands for Maine Arts Integration Network of Excellence. And it's um, free professional development for any educator that wants to learn about arts integration. Um, so we're, we're doing webinars as well as this summer, we'll have hands-on workshops in um, the Rockland area. We will have one at um, UMaine Orno. We'll have a workshop here in Gorham. And we will also have one at Monson Arts. Um, and so we work with our classroom teachers. They do programs and projects. They do arts integration. So they learn how to do it themselves. They learn about the best methods of collaboration with our teaching artists. And then they bring that back into the classroom when they return. And, and this is free to teachers. Right now, this is all free for teachers. All side-by-side -side programs have been free across the last 10 years. We've reached roughly 16,000 students and hundreds of educators, and all of our programs are brought free to the schools and districts. And that's thanks to um, funders and um, donors. And Kathy, in addition to Side by Side, which is obviously a really wonderful program, are there other programs throughout Maine helping bring arts into the schools? Yes, we have quite a vast resource list on the Maine Department Interdisciplinary Instruction page of different opportunities of arts integration throughout the state. So I encourage folks to visit that page. We also have a newsletter that folks can sign up for. We have a couple other newsletters that focus on the humanities and the civics integration of uh, connecting the arts that I highly encourage folks in our state to sign up for through the Maine Department of Education's interdisciplinary instruction page. Okay, Kathy, thank you for that. And and I guess finally, I want to ask if if this is um, an uphill battle sometimes to be convincing uh, school boards and and those who are involved in education to 
um, take art more seriously, even though we just heard from an art teacher who clearly is doing a wonderful job. She says she has 700 students. I can't even imagine. I would say, um, really, we need to educate people around the importance of our art teachers. So listening to that, Kelsey has 700 students. She sees those students year in and year out. She knows them so well. She's a wealth of information. Um, and she gets to see different sides of, of her students than, than maybe a, a regular classroom teacher. So it's really critically important to keep the arts in our schools and bring more. Well, thank you so much, Kathy Bertini with the Maine Department of Education and Beth Wilbur Van Mierlo with uh, the founder of Side by Side. I'm Jennifer Rooks. You've been listening to Maine Calling on Maine Public Radio. Listener support brings us Maine Calling with help from the Farnsworth Art Museum, inviting you to First Fridays every month of the year for free art, community, and more. FarnsworthArtMuseum.org. And by Cumberland Crossing, active retirement living with access to Ocean View at Falmouth Care Continuum. CumberlandCrossingRC.com. And we've been listening to Maine Calling here on Maine Public Radio. That is your public radio service here in Maine. Uh, Maine Public Radio, as you know, is a unique service, and it is unique because of you, our listening community. Uh, I'm Susan Tran. I'm the director of content here at Maine Public, and I am here during this winter warm-up drive to uh, have you give us a call to become a part of the team that makes public radio in Maine possible. 1-800-866-1475 is the number to call to make that contribution. Today we have a great uh, uh, volunteers here in our Portland studio who are ready to take that call. You can also uh, go online to mainpublic.org and uh, make your donation there. I'm joined by Esther Pratt-Kiley. We're here uh, to take a moment uh, to do the work of public radio. Yes, absolutely. And good uh, almost afternoon now. <laughs> uh, as Susan said, I'm Esther Pratt-Kiley, a digital news reporter here at Maine Public. And as a digital news reporter, I, I help bring the news you trust from Maine Public to all of our digital channels. You know, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, our website. Maine Public is here to deliver you the latest news however you like to get it. So visit mainepublic.org donate or call 1-800-866-1475 right now to support this work. You know, we deliver that news across the state and across platforms so that you can trust you're really getting that quality journalism and thought-provoking programming wherever you are. And, you know, Maine Public Radio, it's its a community resource, much like our local library. This is a place where we gather together to connect with each other and learn about the world around us. And like any important resource, it requires sustained investment to keep it going. That's what your donation does today. And when you call 1-800-866-1475, consider becoming an evergreen friend. Our Evergreen Friend program is our sustaining monthly uh, donor program. You choose the amount that's right for you. You set it up with a credit card or 
direct withdrawal from your bank account. And every time you turn on the radio, you'll know that you are part of the team that is that is making this happen. And Esta, um, there are some pretty great thank you gifts for um, for our evergreen friends this time around. Um, I understand. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, today today only we have a two for one special, um, so you can get a bag of Maine Public's Trusted Blend Coffee from Coffee by Design and a new insulated tumbler. These are two thank you gifts for one donation of $25 a month or more, making you an evergreen friend. Um, and you also, there's an opportunity to have a new L.L. Bean fleece vest, and that's $31 a month as an evergreen friend. Um, so these are really, you know, exciting opportunities to have some uh, main public branded gear, uh, really show your support kind of wherever you are. Uh, so please call today, 1-800-866-1475, or head to mainpublic.org donate and you can make your contribution today. And you know, we we know here at Maine Public that there's a lot going on in the world. And you know, there's a lot that you may have questions about, that you may want to learn more about, that you may just want to be inspired by. And that's what we're here at Maine Public to do. Um, we want to fulfill your sense of curiosity about the world every time you listen. Um, so please, please uh, support us today and give us a call at one 800 866-1475 or head to mainpublic.org slash donate. You know, I am particularly excited by this um, this sort of two-for-one thank-you gift today. Um, we have been drinking the coffee here, um, the Trusted Blend, uh, which is, of course, that collaboration with Coffee by Design, a main roastery. Um, it is delicious. It's a great straight-down-the-middle medium blend. It's got some hints of chocolate, a little bit of citrus in there. has, like, slightly nutty flavor. It is delicious. But what's really great, too, is when you pair it with this tumbler, um, it's an insulated tumbler, so that means it keeps your hot drinks hot and your cold drinks cold, so you could choose your own adventure and either have your coffee hot in this insulated tumbler, or you could, you know, ice it up and have some iced coffee in there, too. Both will work. And again, that's available for evergreen friends who are at the $25 a month or more level when you call 800 866 1475. I love choosing my own adventure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you are listening to Maine Public, and this is listener-supported Maine Public Radio. WMEP Camden 90.5, WMEG Callis 89.7, WMEF Fort Kent 106.5, WMEH Bangor 90.9, WME WMEW Waterville 91.3, WMEM Presque Isle 106.1, WMEA Portland 90.1, and at mainpublic.org. Uh, so again, we are here today asking for your continued support for the work we're doing every day here at Maine Public. So call 1-800-866-1475. We have volunteers here waiting to answer your calls. Or you can head to mainpublic.org slash donate. You know, I get really excited when I hear the legal ID. I know it's something that we have to do. It's an FCC rule that we have to do it. But, you know, I, not only do I get excited when I hear my current home station, which is uh, WMEA Portland, 
Portland, 90.1. But I also get excited when I hear the station of my childhood, the one where I originally discovered Maine Public Radio, and that is, of course, the Waterville station. And so it, it always just gives me like a little thrill when I hear it. So thanks thanks for that, Esther. Um, we still have time. You can give us a call, 1-800-866-1475. Uh, take advantage of the special February 1st only 2-4 deal uh, when you become an evergreen friend at $25 a month or more. Or of course, um, there's that other opportunity with the L.L. Bean Sweater Fleece Vest, which is available for $31 a month or more, or basically $1 a day if you want to do um, an annual gift of $365. 1-800-866-1475, and we thank you. Thank you.